Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. An eight-year-old boy goes missing from his home in the dead of night. They just said that they couldn't find him when they were sending out search teams. No signs of a struggle. No evidence of a break-in. The crime scene where Zachary disappeared was just that. Zachary disappeared. A city rallies behind a desperate family. We're all here waiting, so please don't stop looking for Zach. But as the story spreads... Rumors fly. I remember being out with her and people calling her a murderer. Everyone has questions. Why would you do this? Why would you do that? And then, more shocking crimes against children in the area. He was soliciting for someone to help him abduct a little boy. Years pass, but family and law enforcement refuse to give up. It's like a puzzle, but we are missing lots of pieces. September 10th, 2000. It's a sunny day in Clearwater, a small city on Florida's Gulf Coast, best known for pristine beaches that swell with visitors on sunny days. At the Savannah Trace apartment complex a couple of miles inland, eight-year-old Zachary Bernhardt has just come home to his mother, 29-year-old Leah Hackett, after playing with neighborhood children. It's just Leah and Zachary living together in the two-bedroom apartment. They loved each other a lot. They spent a lot of time together. They had a very tight bond, very tight bond. With her being single, that the, all they had was each other. They're like best friends too. But when she had to be a parent, she was a parent. Leah has worked a string of low-wage jobs to try to support them, but it isn't easy. She hasn't always been able to keep steady employment or housing. Luckily, they have a big family network in the area to help out. They kind of say it takes a, you know, a village to raise a child. You know, all of us helped, took, took our sisters, our family. That's all we had to raise and to help raise each other's children. 
Zachary is one of the youngest of many cousins. The kids all want to play with him. The grown-ups all dote on him. He's become the heart of the family. He's like a little brother. He loves people, got along great with his cousins, did good in school, very smart, energetic. You know, just loved life. He's a fun-loving kid, adventurous, kind, caring. He's always been that way. You know, little boy, sweet boy. And this is my um, perfect shirt. Being raised with all girls, they did dress up and they did princesses and stuff like that. So, I mean, it was nothing to be sitting on the couch and them come, oh, wait, wait, you got to watch, you got to watch, we got a performance for you. If you told him to put on a dress, Zachary put on a dress. If you told him to do a cartwheel, he would try. We always love to do that. Zachary was a very inquisitive child. He liked to take things apart. He liked to make things. He loved to do crafts. Hello. He would take an empty toilet paper roll, another empty toilet paper roll. Then he would attach yarn to it with tape. He loved tape. <laughs> and uh, make like a telephone. Hello. <laughs> Hello, baby. How you doing? <laughs> or take sheets at home and make a fort underneath and use a flashlight, you know? Had a very good imagination as far as to take something and make it into something else. I always thought that he'd be an architect. Zachary is happiest enjoying the white sand beaches near his home. He loves the water. The boy could swim from when he was very little. He loves the beach. I remember Zach making the sandcastles is what he liked to do. Zachary and Leah have lived at the Savannah Trace Apartments for a year. His school is right around the corner and his cousins visit them all the time. She was a cool aunt growing up, you know? You always wanted to go to her house. At least I did. Let us stay up late and watch movies, drink Pepsi. They got to stay up till like midnight. You know, that was like the bomb because she was the coolest aunt. Because she was able to stay awake. The rest of us weren't. Leah has been working evenings at a nearby telemarketing company for around a year. Mostly she would work the opposite shift. Like she would be at work at night, in the middle of the night. Probably because of the pay differential. You know, being a single mother. It was a job that she had that she could make money and support, you know, her and Zachary the best she could. Leah works late and sleeps during the day while Zachary is at school. When she is at her job, she has a neighbor in the complex babysit him. But on this Sunday, Leah has the night off, so it's just the two of them as they settle in for a mother-son evening. She says that she cooks him one of his favorite meals, and then they ultimately end up uh, watching a movie together. He was up pretty late, around the 11 o'clock hours. She says she recalls him going, actually going down for bed. Zach wanted to sleep in her bed this evening, so uh, she put Zach to bed uh, in her bed. It was her night off. On your night off, you do not go to sleep. You don't change your body in a click. 
you're used to being awake. She would go downstairs and watch TV or read. Leah is wide awake for hours. After he goes to sleep, she's watching some TV, she finishes her movie, and she's spending some time on the internet. Somewhere around 1 a.m., I believe she described that she took the garbage in the apartment complex and used her car to drive the garbage over to the dumpster and then came back. At some point in the morning, she decided to uh, go to the pool. Just prior to leaving, she puts eyes on Zachary to make sure he's still sleeping, uh, which he was in her bed. And then she goes downstairs and exits the apartment. She says she doesn't take the keys with her. It would have been somewhere in that uh, 3 to 4 a.m. period. She had left the door unlocked. Exit the front door, goes down the stairs, and walks to the pool. Leah does not usually swim at night, but on impulse, she plunges in. She tells us that she swims from one side to the other. Again, she didn't have anything with her. She didn't have a towel. She didn't have a bathing suit, just what she was wearing. And then uh, she exits the pool, uh, goes back home. She goes back upstairs and enters the apartment. The dog was at the door which was, you know, normal. Zachary had a little dog. When she enters her apartment, she says that uh, it's cold inside. She keeps the air pretty cool in the apartment. So she immediately wanted to go take a warm shower. At 4.30 a.m. on September 11th, 2000, Leah walks out of her shower to find her life forever turned upside down. Zachary is gone. 
I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. It is a little after four in the morning, and Leah Hackett has just discovered that her son is not asleep in her bed, where she'd last seen him, just minutes before going to the pool in her apartment complex for a late-night swim. She thought, when she looked across the room, that he fell, like, off the bed. And she said when she looked back there, he wasn't there. So she immediately became concerned. Uh, She got dressed and then started uh, searching for Zach in the apartment. Went downstairs, checked in the closets, checked the kitchen, checked everywhere. Now she's realized that he's not in the apartment. He must have went outside. There is only one place Leah can imagine Zachary going at this hour. She thought maybe Zach got up and walked over to the babysitter. So she starts banging on the glass doors there. No one's awake, so ultimately the occupants woke up in the middle of the night to to banging, and they haven't seen Zach. At 4.47 a.m., Leah calls the Clearwater police. What is your emergency? I can't find my son. She described to the 911 operator that she had left him asleep and that it was unusual for, for this to be occurring. I went to the pool. Uh, so of course the officers responded um, they immediately start uh, conducting a search establishing a perimeter I was at my house in Zephyr Hills my mom lived with me my phone rang and my heart dropped it was uh, Leah she said Zach's missing so we both got in one car and headed to Clearwater And I took the longest drive of my life to this day. I pulled in there to the apartment complex. And there it was, the yellow tape. My first thoughts were, oh my God, they found him and he's dead. And then my sister came flying out of the apartment complex and basically collapsed. 
And they just said that they couldn't find him, and they were sending out search teams. It's the worst feeling you can ever have, is to pull up on a scene like that and not know. Leah speaks with a detective as more officers and news media arrive. Then uh, the police officer came up to me and said that he wanted to take Leah down sound, but he didn't want it to put the media there and stuff like that, that they didn't want, you know, to take her in a cop car, nothing. I remember telling everybody just not to touch me, leave me alone. I just wanted to sit. She said, I'm not leaving right here until they bring Zachary home. So I said, okay. I left my mom and I took my sister to the police department. Detectives begin processing the apartment as a crime scene. They did DNA forensic processing, latent fingerprint processing, uh, extensive collections of different items, photographs. You know, at this point, we just don't know what's going on. There was no broken doors or any signs of any forced entry. Nothing that led us to believe that there was a struggle. There was no blood spatter, nothing like that. By all appearance, the crime scene where Zachary disappeared was just that Zachary disappeared. There was uh, nothing else that you could tell beyond that. The search for Zachary has begun. But the area around his home is full of the woods, wetlands, and waterways Florida is famous for. Those areas basically require a team of people who can go in there and thoroughly search those. I actually was part of the initial search, and it was a boots-on-the-ground grid search of the entire area. They called in Clearwater Fire Department to assist with the search to include their Marine unit. Tampa Police Department provided air support, their patrol officers, their detectives. Every agency that was able to assist, assisted with whatever equipment was available. It's a massive search effort, but it yields no signs of Zachary. They brought out some, uh, some specialized dogs to use during the searches, but there was no track leading from the apartment whatsoever. It's not real. This is not happening. There's no way that a child just goes missing and you can't find them. Meanwhile, at Clearwater Police Headquarters, Detective Daniel Slaughter is brought in to interview Zachary's mother. Leah was uh, um, you know, forthcoming, at least as far as describing the chain of events that she had that morning. So those were, were facts that we were you know, evaluating and checking. Detective Slaughter knows that family members are often involved in missing children cases. So one of his first questions for Leah is, where is Zachary's father? You surely evaluate anybody that would have regular contact with a missing child. But regular contact is not something Zachary has ever had with his father. There's never been a male figure that's been in his life that has been any type of father or dad to my nephew. Leah doesn't usually talk about the identity of Zachary's father, but she shares his name with detectives. Investigators talk with him. Uh, he was unaware that he uh, fathered a child uh, with Leah. When they did break that news to him, uh, he did not appear to be uh, wanting to be involved. He was uh, 
nowhere near the state of Florida during this time period. Uh, and they confidently ruled him out as being anyone that could be involved in this case. While the search goes on, Detective Dan Slaughter continues his interview of Zachary's mother, Leah, for hours. Everybody reacts differently when they're under stress, but uh, there's definitely things that, you know, make you question and try to go from there, and that, that develops investigative angles. Detectives send Leah home that night, but they still have questions. Maybe there's something that we're, we're not aware of, or that maybe someone's holding back, or not telling us everything that they possibly know. The circumstances of Zachary's disappearance are just not adding up. Day two of the search for eight-year-old Zachary Bernhardt is underway in Clearwater, Florida. Searchers comb a two-mile radius, including 600 acres of mangroves, woods, brush, and shoreline. Zachary's family pitches in as well. I got together with my um, older cousins. We got in our vehicles and we drove down to Clearwater. We wanted to help, but we were told that we couldn't. That's whenever my parents decided to, to give us the job of handing out flyers, and that's what we did. We uh, handed out flyers all over Clearwater. It's all we could do. Zachary's mother, Leah Hackett, spent most of the prior day in an interview with Clearwater detectives, discussing the strange circumstances of her son's disappearance. She told police she has no idea what happened to her son. Detective Daniel Slaughter isn't sure what to make of some of her statements. You know, it was really unusual. There were times where she looked upset and there were times that you, you kind of didn't understand uh, why a person would make kind of a, a joke or a comment that, that seemed unusual. Um, but that's part of the process sometimes. The circumstances of Zachary's disappearance also appear unusual to authorities. Clearly, with the statements provided, everyone has questions. For no reason, four in the morning, coming out of residence, not locking the door behind her with her child home alone, to go to a swim uh, with no towel. In fact, her statements were, she doesn't know why she did that, and she doesn't even like uh, swimming. There was no reasonable explanation for some things. As investigators dig into Zachary's disappearance, so does the local media. But none of them, police say, are bringing them any closer to finding Zach. We wanted that exposure, we wanted that attention, we wanted uh, to try to generate some type of lead and develop some type of witness that might have seen Zach. And as reporters approach neighbors, friends, and family, many of the questions they ask revolve around Zachary's mother. We knew what they wanted to talk to Leah about, what they were going to do. But you're dealing with a single mother that was doing the best she could. And a lot of people just cannot get past that. They have to stay focused on that instead of staying focused on the eight-year-old child that she's lost. Reports of a past eviction, breakups with boyfriends, and late nights at bars start to come out. 
Oh, they talked to everybody, and everybody had their own story. It's like, you know, if I'm going to be on TV, I'm going to tell you anything. My aunt went through a lot with the media and um, how they portrayed her. I remember being out with her and people calling her a murderer. All of us hit bumps in the road. None of us are perfect. But when it came for her being responsible for her child and her child's whereabouts, my sister was top-notch. On September 13th, more than 48 hours after Zachary was reported missing, the press is gathered in front of Leah's apartment. We were all sitting there talking, and I said, it's time for you to go plead for whoever has Zachary to return him. Then we went out there as a family as she spoke. Anyone who has ever met Zach has loved Zach. The support of the community has shown us how much Zach is loved. We miss him, we love him very much, and we want him to come home. We're all here waiting, so please don't stop looking for Zach and help bring Zach home. But the stories keep coming, including reports from neighbors who say they saw her car coming and going from the complex that night, between 3 and 3.45 a.m., when Leah says she was home with Zachary. Investigators cannot confirm any of these reports, but they have enough questions that on September 28th, a police spokesman tells a local paper, investigators don't believe they have the whole story from Zach's mother. We weren't in a position to, to be able to say that Leah was culpable, but there were reasons for us to, to believe she wasn't telling us everything. And we have an obligation to the public to you know, make them understand that, that we're, we're doing our due diligence in an investigation like this as well. Months pass. Leah moves out of the Savannah Trace apartment, but detectives bring her back to walk them through what happened one more time. I went downstairs and I went on my computer. And while I was down there, I was talking in my chat room and I was goofing off, you know, typical night, sex in bed, I don't have anything to do, so I'm talking in my chat room. Mm -hmm. Her account of that night is the same, leaving police no closer to solving the case. As more time goes by and the search for Zachary winds down, Leah seems to disappear from the spotlight. Leah Hackett eventually moved away and, uh, and at some point made a decision that she wasn't going to participate anymore. A local business offers a $5,000 reward for information about Zachary. His case goes national. Clearwater police receive hundreds of calls and investigate all of them. None of them lead anywhere. But in the spring of 2001, eight months after Zachary vanished, Clearwater police received tip number 746 in the case. It was within the first year of him going missing. Um, the first time I'd ever heard Kevin Jalbert's name. A confidential informant tells Clearwater police about Kevin Jalbert, a Florida man who has boasted about doing awful things to children. Uh, information was provided to law enforcement that he's uh, a person that was interested in uh, children 
and uh, maybe a child molester. An undercover officer makes contact with Jalbert. Undercover investigators were able to infiltrate, if you will, for lack of a better word, his underworld of the pedophile community and become a friend to him of some sort. Jalbert invites the undercover officer on a joyride through town, looking for young boys to abduct. Jalbert chose the wrong person to solicit to help him. As they drive through Clearwater, Jalbert brags about kidnapping, raping, and murdering boys in the past. He's even brought bleach and a funnel to clean up any evidence of their crimes. This detective was present for conversations in which, driving through the city, we talk about and somewhat fantasize about taking a young boy and what he would do with him. Then, with the undercover officer in the passenger seat, Kevin Jalbert pulls in to the Savannah Trace apartment complex, where Zachary Bernhardt lived, and points to the location where he claims he took his most recent victim. Kevin Jalbert, a self-described child abductor, is driving around Clearwater, Florida with an undercover police officer bragging about his crimes when he pulls into the Savannah Trace apartment complex where eight-year-old Zachary Bernhardt vanished eight months earlier. He took the police officer past the apartment complex where Zachary was missing from and said there was a child that he had taken from there. But Jalbert points to the wrong apartment. He went to that apartment complex, but he didn't pick out the apartment Zach lived in. He also incorrectly describes what Zachary was wearing that night. Investigators can't confidently link him to Zachary's disappearance, but they have enough to want him off the street. He was with the undercover officer and throughout several locations in the city targeting uh, young boys. On June 22, 2001, Clearwater police arrest Jalbert for solicitation of murder. Jalbert denies abducting Zachary or any other children. He tells investigators his boasts were just fantasies. He was ultimately saying some things that he definitely was not involved in. But Zachary's family members aren't buying Jalbert's denials. He was able, to me at least, be able to point to an apartment complex where Zachary went missing from. I mean, that's pretty good, I mean, in my opinion. Investigators comb through his home, vehicle, and computer. They discover a trove of child pornography. But nothing linking him to Zachary's disappearance. However, police do find one concerning piece of potential evidence. It's a receipt for the landfill. That was found in Jalbert's car. The receipt indicates that Jalbert dropped off waste at a local landfill just two weeks after Zachary went missing. Investigators say they searched the landfill and found no sign of Zachary. Mr. Jalbert was uh, investigated thoroughly by Clearwater Police Department. There was nothing that linked into this case whatsoever. Still, 
There is enough to convict Jalbert for solicitation of kidnapping, sexual assault, and murder, as well as 60 counts of possession of child pornography. He is sentenced to more than 40 years in prison. August 2001, outside Boulder, Colorado. 11 months and 1,800 miles from Zachary's disappearance, a photo is discovered in the parking lot of a sporting goods store. The photograph contained a, uh, a young boy uh, who appeared to be tied up uh, in a wooded area. The photo is sent out to police departments around the country, including Clearwater. It's definitely a very uh, concerning photograph. The boy did have some similar features to Zach. So Clearwater detectives bring in Zachary's grandmother and aunt to look at the picture. And I explained the situation. They prepared our family as far as to what they were going to see. It was horrible to look at. I mean, it was a blonde-haired little boy laying there. It wasn't real good facial, you know, no part of their face just right in here. And then as you, you know, stare at it, it was more and more that it wasn't black. The photo becomes one more lead that can never be confirmed or ruled out. One year passes. Zachary's family hopes to use the anniversary to get the case back in the media that day. But his story is overshadowed by a national tragedy. My nephew went missing on 9-11 of 2000. On 9-11 of 2001, the World Trade Centers went down. As far as trying to get coverage for my nephew in my little town of Clearwater, Florida, going national for people to see him on a national level just doesn't happen. Detectives continue to work Zachary's case but there are few developments. Then, on New Year's Eve 2001, another terrifying crime is committed at the apartment complex. But this time, there are witnesses. This is gonna be it. They're gonna catch the guy, and from there they would find my nephew, and we would finally know what happened to Zachary. Almost 15 months have passed since eight-year-old Zachary Bernhardt's disappearance shocked Clearwater, Florida. While detectives and family members struggled to find answers, life has mostly moved on for Zachary's neighbors. Then, at 6 p.m. on New Year's Eve 2001, all that changes. Three young boys are at the playground in the Savannah Trace apartment complex when a truck pulls up. A man gets out of the vehicle and offers the children ice cream. One of the boys, a five-year-old, approaches. I believe that he tricked the child and just grabbed a hold of him and put him into the truck and took off with him. Law enforcement springs into action once more as an all-too-familiar fear grips the area. A man driving a white pickup truck snatched the boy from the apartment complex parking lot. It draws a lot of red flags. 
And uh, once again, it was a, an all hands on deck type of case. There was lots of thoughts of, you know, could these two be related? Like, okay, well, the same apartment complex, what if this is the same person? Did they catch him? Are they gonna catch him? It was terrible to know that somebody else in that same place got taken and it was put all over the news about this white truck. A statewide Amber Alert produces no signs of the truck. But 10 hours after the abduction, a motorist notices something strange while driving past a closed fast food restaurant 80 miles away. They heard cries coming from the dumpster and went to investigate and found the child in the dumpster. He had been hurt, but he was in the dumpster and he was alive. Thank God for that. The boy is returned to his grateful family. Because of his age, his identity and the details of his ordeal are not disclosed. He gives a basic description of his abductor, a white male with dark stringy hair. And that gave us a lot of hope because we thought that they could track that guy and be able to connect maybe to Zachary. Clearwater police look for a connection between the two cases. Child abductions saved by a sexual offender are rare, very rare. So the fact that we had episodes of multiple children has to be closely investigated and uh, to see if there are connections. But to Detective Daw, a connection is not clear. I don't believe that the facts of these cases match up. The way he was taken was nothing similar to what we had here. At this point, we just don't know. We don't believe it's related to the Zachary Bernhard disappearance, but uh, is another case that, that we're continuing to work. But they've never found that truck. How can you rule him out if you've never caught him? It happened there. It happened right there near my nephew. But they never caught the guy to investigate whether he took my nephew. Time marches on with no developments in either case. Zachary's family continues to try to keep his story and his picture in the news. But as the years pass, they must face the fact that they are no longer searching for an eight-year-old boy. To help the public understand what he would look like as he ages, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children helps create up-to-date images of Zachary starting two years after his disappearance. We do age progression renderings of children and what we believe the child would look like today. These composites, as we say, um, they are a little bit of science and a lot of art. Almost like creating a collage out of a magazine. The brows are very close to his eyes, like his mom's. With these features, I can rotate each individual piece Sometimes I may need to lengthen the nose. Age progression photos are released every two years until Zachary becomes an adult. Now, 16 years after Zachary vanished, these photos are all his family has. I often wonder how painful that must be for a parent to see a child after 16 years like Zachary and what we believe that child would look like today. You're never prepared to see him because he never got to turn nine or ten. And to think that now he's 25, 
and you see this picture, and you're saying, that could be him. Is that what I'm supposed to look for now? You know? And you find yourself still looking for the boy. It's really hard watching your somebody, anybody, grow up on T-shirts and poster boards. It's very hard. Zachary's family focuses on the eight years they shared with him. We remember the good times. We cry about the bad memories. We tell our children about him. We tell our friends. We spread the word as much as we can to keep his name out there. I can't forget my cousin. He wouldn't forget me if it was me. Oh. Here, I'll see you, love. My grandma, that's filming. <laughs> You're such a silly boy. Zachary's case still looms over the Clearwater Police Department. Former Detective Daniel Slaughter is now Chief of Police, and Detective Thomas Daw is the lead investigator on his city's most famous cold case. Zach Bernhardt became part of Clearwater Police Department. Every officer, every investigator, every volunteer that had anything to do with it, uh, there's a piece of that that everyone's longing for to, to try to resolve this case. It is by far Clearwater's largest case. Starting up here, there's about 27, almost 30 binders up here. Start with Zach, starting from the front. You know, more books are, are related to the Zach Bernhardt case than almost two decades of uh, homicide investigations. Investigators still believe that Zachary's mother hasn't told them everything she knows. We were never able to necessarily exclude Leah Hackett as being potentially involved, but we also don't really have any evidence to, to be able to, to state that she is involved either. Zachary's mother is our best witness. Our best information could only come from Zachary's mother. So I do believe she's, she's the, the one person who knows the most about this case. Clearwater Police Department says that there's still um, a piece of the puzzle and that my sister knows what that piece is. And like I tell him, 16 years later, uh, is it time to look for a different angle? Leah Hackett continues to deny any involvement in her son's disappearance and says she has told police everything she knows. But questions swirling around the case divide Zachary's own family. My family was ruined over this. I have daughters that don't speak. I have daughters that believe Zachary's dead and Leah did it. You know, our family, some people went, you know, their own ways. They uh, have their own beliefs in what happened to Zach. You know, everyone has their opinion of what's happened. I don't think my aunt would do anything to harm Zach or, or any of us. But everyone agrees that there are answers out there. Somebody can't just vanish into thin air. It doesn't happen, not for this long. Somebody knows what happened to my cousin. Somebody has the answers. Why they won't come forward, I don't know. But somebody knows something, and we'll find out. 
my greatest hope is that before I die, I see Zachary. I live with this feeling that if you took my grandson to raise him and you raised him right, that's good. But if you took him to be mean, I hope he's dead. That's hard to say. But I hope he's up with God. If you have any information about the disappearance of Zachary Bernhardt, please contact the Clearwater Police Department at 727-562-4200. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.